So quite a few books were opened in our household uh, this morning. So I gave Simon The Yorkshire Shepherdess. Has anyone seen that on television? Well, if not, I'd totally recommend it. Hopefully the book's good. Uh, Dear Zoo. How many of us have got this one at home? We're familiar with Dear Zoo. Um, Pippi Longstocking. Lucy Received. And uh, two favourites, Beano. Guinness World Records 2021. I don't know how that works, because we haven't had that year yet. But anyway, (laughs) clearly some amazing facts uh, are on show there. So we've done a little bit of reading this year. We've enjoyed uh, Michael Morpurgo as a family. We're getting through Michael Morpurgo's. Some good friends of ours have impressed us, and they have read all of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. I quite like my fiction stories. I like a bit of escapism. Simon really likes his real-life kind of SAS rescues. But I thought I want to find out what books you guys enjoy reading. Has anyone read a good book this year? Is anyone willing to kind of stand up and call out or tell us any good stories? Fiction or non-fiction? Go for it. The Serious Benedicts. The Mysterious Benedict Society. You recommend that. I'll remember that one. Thank you. Any other good books, Miriam, you're going to tell me? The Witches by Roald Dahl. Some grown-ups at the back. Has anyone read any good stories? Well, whilst the grown-ups are thinking, tell me a good story you've read this year. The School for Good and Evil. Book one. Wow, this is great. Once we've got through this part, I've got some recommendations. Jamie, tell me a good book you've read this year. <gasps> a classic John Christian or one of his recents? <laughs> That's why. Anyway, tell me, what have you read? The, it's a bit like Chinese Whispers with masks on at the moment, isn't it? Do you recommend it? Brilliant. Well, we'll go and find out what that book was. Anyway, um, my daughter's favorite story is, in fact, the Christmas story. And we have to read that all year round. And this Advent, I've been reflecting just what an incredible story this is. All the twists and turns, phenomenal characters, such depth um, and nuance. What meaning? And it's a true story. What I think is incredible about our faith is it's not a set of dogma. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. But our faith is essentially a story. And we are invited to be part of that story. Christmas is a retelling of that ancient story that happened 2,000 years ago, the first Christmas. And what a joy it is to tell that story generation to generation, just like Mark showed us those pictures. We're familiar with the events of this incredible story. But the purpose of the Christmas story is to tell us who God is. It's to unveil his character, to reveal to us his identity. Now, has anyone had an experience like this recently? I've now lost my mask. It's under my books. (laughs) 
Has anyone, you know, been in the school playground or in a shop recently and somebody started talking to you and clearly they know who you are and you think maybe you vaguely recognize them, but it's all a little bit complicated and you can't even fully recognize people's voices at the moment because we're a little bit muffled like this and we're standing a long way away from each other. And so, hi, how are you? Mm, I'm fine. Who are you? Um, and so... The Christmas story is where we get to unveil, to find out, uncover, and discover. Can I do this with the microphone? There we go. Um, who God is. Our question, my question, the world's question, I think is, God, who are you? Well, Christmas is one of the opportunities where God tells us, this is who I am. And one of the ways God does that is through names. Because in ancient culture, names were very, very significant, and they had a meaning which told us about the person. So my name is Rachel. Rachel means you, E-W-E, mummy sheep, bear. <laughs> I've always thought this was a little bit of a boring name. Well, I like my name, but I mean the meaning, especially when my sister is called Anastasia, and that means resurrection. Well, you know, <laughs> seems a little bit unfair. Um, I would like to know what your name means. Now, apparently, William, you had a head start. Simon says that you guys discussed what your name means. Would you mind telling us? I'm sorry to pick on you. What does William mean? What's your name? Ah, don't worry. Simon can remember. What does William mean? Strong-willed warrior. I mean, what a cool meaning for your name. So anyone else, what does your... Do you know what your names mean? Go for it, Heather. Oh, a Moreland. Oh, Moreland. Stop. Beautiful, Heather. Mark. Do you know what your name means? Well, well, it's from a very important person, is what Mark is saying. Very important name. Miriam. What does your name mean? It means bitter. I read that in the Bible. Well, we've got another Mark. Walter. Do you know what your name means? Oh, another impressive one, right, William? Military commander. James, what's that name mean? You don't. Grasper of the heel. Well, basically, you lot have all got much more interesting names than I have, mother sheep. But um, we're going to read the Christmas story now. I'm going to invite Elliot and Alice up and just listen to the names that are given to Jesus. I've got to remember which one I'm meant to be picking up. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after, but after he con considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared in to him in a dream, the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conce conceived 
in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you so much. Well done. Thank you, Elliot. Thank you, Alice. So in the Christmas story, in this most amazing story, we hear some of Jesus' names. Jesus means the Lord saves. Emmanuel means God is with us. In John's gospel, we hear that he is the light in the darkness. He is the word made flesh. And those names tell us the character of God. I think it's amazing that in his very name, Jesus articulates an understanding of our pain, an understanding of sadness, of darkness, of sorrow, of death. His very name is a declaration that he is with us, that he is light in our darkness. A declaration that he has come to rescue us. God's name knows that we are in a dark, painful, hurting world. And his name tells us who he is in response to that. In this remarkable story, his name says, I'm coming to save you. I'm coming to rescue you. He says, I am with you in this mess. And I am your hope for something better. And I choose to dwell in humanity and with humanity. The Christmas story tells us that his name is Emmanuel. I love the message translation of that. It says, God has moved into the neighborhood. Can you imagine if your best friend's just moved onto your street or your, you know, your favorite set of cousins has just moved in next door? How great would that feel? But God says, my name's Emmanuel. I have come to live on the street. I've come to be your neighbor. Well, 2020 has been a pretty pants year for a lot of people, to put it lightly, hasn't it? Many have described 2020 as a dark year. And oh my goodness, how we need light in this darkness, how we need a God who understands our pain, a God who knows how hard it's been, a God who knows our sorrows. I need a volunteer to come and unwrap a present. I, I think the flicker of like, I'm there, I'm there, was there first, so just give me one sec. I've got a, an interesting looking gift that I need you to help me unwrap. And uh, for the sake of the verges later, I'm going to put this down. Hopefully none of you will have a present quite like this at home time, Matt, but come over here. God comes into our world at Christmas. Here's our gift. Here's a gift. You're going to have to rip, rip, you know, yeah, 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 rip the paper, have fun. What's in this gift? Dirt. Do you want to smell it? Do you want to get in? Close and, you know, the mask is getting in the way of, I think, truly appreciating it. Go on. 
Should we smell it? What does it smell of? It smells bad. Do you want me to tell you how bad that is? That came out of a sheep's bottom. <laughs> I'll, I'll relieve you from this little bit, but thank you. Thank you for unwrapping my, uh, unwrapping my gift so that we can all see it. Oh. So Simon gave me these boots for Christmas, but I'm going to take them off. They're only a few hours old. I think for this Christmas 2020, our um, definition of this beautiful name, Emmanuel, God is with us, is God is with us. And he came down and he got in the poo with us. I can't get too separated from what I might want to say. So this is what Jesus did at Christmas. He came down. He is the God who came and got in the poo. Well, that's why we worship him, isn't it? So, this year, 2020, our vocabulary has uh, included some new words we haven't used before, hasn't it? Like isolate and masks and homeschooling and uh, social distance and the dreaded tier four. (sighs) However, the vocabulary of the Christmas story is full of words like Emmanuel, the Lord saves us, Jesus, light, hope, joy, peace. Those are the words of the greatest story. But we need to remember that the Christmas story is just a part of God's big story. And the wonderful thing is we know the beginning of the story and we know the end of the story. We know that at the beginning, it explains to us where the poo came from, where the darkness came from. At the moment, there's a killer virus out there, isn't there? But the beginning of our book tells us that there's been a killer on the loose since the beginning of time. But then we also know the end of the book, don't we? We know the end of the story, that Jesus is going to return, that Jesus is victorious, that Jesus defeats death and sadness. He wipes away every tear. The killer is defeated, and the poo will one day be all swallowed up. We know the beginning of the book. We know the end of the book. Christmas is this remarkable story in the middle of the great story where heaven invades earth. Now, I want you to be honest now. At the end of Christmas Day, is there anyone here like me who sometimes feels like a little bit underwhelmed, a little bit of an anti-climax at bedtime? Put your hand up. A few honest people. You sometimes feel, oh, oh, was that it? There's so much anticipation, isn't there? There's so much promise, so much excitement leading up to Christmas. And then sometimes you can feel a little bit deflated at the end of the day. You know, maybe the presents weren't quite what we wanted. I mean, Simon's done well so far, but he is colorblind. So, you know, sometimes a bit hit or miss when I open it. Um, 
you know, the food is lovely, but sometimes we eat so much we have tummy ache by the time we get to bed. And, you know, the nice harmonious family sits around, get together, joy and peace isn't necessarily what it always works out to be, is it? Well, just think of that first Christmas. That was a pretty poo Christmas as well, wasn't it? Yeah? Mary and Joseph, they've just trekked a really long way. I mean, I've never traveled on a donkey, but I don't think it's particularly comfortable. They've had all the doors slammed in their faces. Talk about isolated, rejected, not able to see their friends and their family. The only place they can spend the night is a stable, not designed to be particularly warm or comfortable. There is poo all over the floor. There are noisy animals keeping them awake. And then poor Mary gives birth in the middle of this. There's no midwife in attendance. And, you know, there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of pain. It's not the most enjoyable experience. And then to top it off, um, just as she's trying to master this allegedly very natural act of breastfeeding, a bunch of strangers come in and want to worship her newborn baby. I mean, this is a pretty poo Christmas. We've made it look quite nice on the, you know, the Christmas cards, but it's not warm mince pies and Michael Buble, it was pretty poo. In the background, you've obviously got Roman occupation, you've got poverty, you've got the slaughter of the innocents. It then goes on to fleeing for their lives and living as refugees. Christmas is poo. <laughs> Christmas is an acknowledgement of the poo, and it's the God who made the world coming in and stepping in that poo right next to us. So if at the end of the day you're feeling just a little bit disappointed, remember the words of C.S. Lewis. If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. Well, the Christmas story tells us of when that other world broke into ours that first Christmas. Back there in the poo, we were told that we were made for another place. But not just another place, another person, another purpose. At Christmas, we're given light and hope and joy. We're told to lift our eyes to the heavens and believe that we have a saviour who's one day going to return and he's going to rescue us. One who promises, uh, promises us a new home and one who stands with us in this one. Christmas tells us that life is a bit poo, but that is where God is. God is Emmanuel, that tiny baby entering our world, entering history, entering darkness to be our world's light. I'm going to finish with the message to the shepherds. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, 
glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. The Christmas story, our story, God's story, is the most incredible story ever told. The story of Emmanuel, God with us. It reminds us that our vocabulary shouldn't be one of death and COVID and restrictions and tears, but our vocabulary should be the one who saves light in the darkness, joy, peace, hope, eternal life, and unashamedly, God in the poo. I was having a bit of a WhatsApp banter with the lay assistants of 2001, known to some people here, and uh, they made some suggestions as to what I should call this talk. Um, so they came up with fecal festivities, uh, an awful Christmas, and I think my favourite is dung dung merrily on high, at least the bells in heaven are ringing. Um, but I'm going to allow you to meditate on that very important point of what one should call this as um, I ask my glamorous assistant to come and wash my feet for me now. But happy Christmas. <laughs> Can I just abandon? <laughs> 